Have you ever heard about uh, Amy Eskridge? No. No. Okay. Amy Eskridge, she was a NASA engineer. And right now, people are speculating online that she was assassinated because she blew the whistle on anti-gravity technology and time travelers from the future. All right. Welcome back. I'm Christian, and that's Patrick. And prepare to be sucked into black hole theories. All right. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for joining us, guys. Um, plenty of weird stuff happening in the UFO space, if you've been keeping up with it. How have you been keeping up with the UFO stuff? Do you even keep up with it? Um, I think I keep up with the current events in the space a lot less than a lot of people who are actively like on UFO Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'll see some of the stuff on Twitter as I'm scrolling it, but... I think where I focus on is like trying to find new documentaries or new movies about it that I haven't seen yet. So a lot of that stuff is not the most recent. Um, and so I'll definitely look into things when a recent development happens that is like, you know, new footage or a new whistleblower. But as far as the happenings within it, I don't do as great a job as keeping up with but I definitely have opinions on it when I hear about it. Cool. Well, I'd like to get your opinion about this because dude, let me tell you, this is a crazy, crazy story. Um, have you ever heard about uh, Amy Eskridge? No, no. Okay. So dude, Amy Eskridge, uh, she was a NASA engineer um, who she apparently played a significant role in the space shuttle program. Uh, and right now, people are speculating online that she was assassinated because she blew the whistle on anti-gravity technology and uh, time travelers from the future. It's crazy shit, man. Okay. Yeah. So is this a video you're going to show me? Um, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and pull it up. But man, it's really, really strange because some of the stuff that you know she talks about, she was drunk. So this is a, a woman who... She died in 2022, I think it was. And people are speculating that she was assassinated because of the stuff that she spoke about. Um, but let me go ahead and share my screen so you can see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And what'd you say she did, did for a living was? again? She was a NASA engineer. And she, okay. she played a role in the space shuttle program. Uh, yeah. So let me go ahead and share my screen real quick. Yeah, it's pretty insane. So this is her. They are you. They are me. They're from here, from the future. P-47 is present plus 47,000 years. P-52 is present plus 52,000 years. And basically there's a calamity, right? So there's like a apocalypse scenario in the near future. It wipes out most of like everything, man. And there's the ones that go underground and survive, right? And then there's the ones that somehow stay on the surface and miraculously don't die. And hmm. Mark Zuckerberg's got the right idea. But let me tell you something, right? So you're telling me that this chick made that video in 2022 and was suicided? 
apparently her, the cause of death was, I think it was cancer or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what she died of, but yeah, apparently it was suicide. Um, hmm. I got cancer, uh, and I also got suicide, but apparently, I mean, she was 34 when she passed away. Damn. Yeah. So she, so, so what, yeah, what, so I guess they're saying that is her claims that she knows about this because of her job at NASA. Right. Look, here's another video to give you a little bit more context. And this is like another little clip that I found. And let me tell you, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. I know I've said that several times. We're the rocket city. We're the biggest deal you've never heard of. Von Braun was here and we won the space race. We developed the Saturn V here. We built the Saturn V here. We won the space race here in Alabama, whether you've heard of it or not. And I can tell you for a fact, so many prototypes, so many prototypes, only prototype built like this in the world. You turn it on the first time, it works exactly like you thought it would the first time. Great data. You apply for more funding to test it more thoroughly, they cancel it. They cancel it. It goes to NASA divestment. It goes to the auction block. People bid on it and literally scrap metal, scrap metal, scrap metal vendors win the bid and melt it down for scrap metal and sell it. We could be crazy, crazy, crazy far. We could be on the moons of Jupiter. We could be exploring Pluto that isn't even a planet anymore. If we had spent money differently. I can tell you the names of so many NASA scientists that are depressed and they want to kill themselves because they have built prototype after prototype after prototype in Huntsville, Alabama. First in the world, never before seen, worked the first time you turned it on exactly like you thought. It was canceled and melted down for scrap metal. It's I wonder crazy. So there you have it. She so, but what does that mean? It works exactly how you thought, right? Like, what does that mean, right? Yeah, because that's implying something without saying anything. I think this, I think this bitch is gaslighting. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I don't know what to think of it, but I will admit though, it is pretty. It's, it is pretty weird. I mean, she did mention that she's that. A lot of people within NASA are like, you know, they, they end up committing suicide or something or they want to commit suicide or something. The depression rates are high. But um, what I will admit also is that this video is actually unlisted. So somebody had uploaded this video onto YouTube and then un shared an unlisted link on Twitter or X. And that's how I kind of stumbled upon it. But um. Yeah, it's just weird, man. Uh, she apparently worked on anti-gravity propulsion research, uh, and she allegedly suicided after presenting an anti-gravity propulsion paper to NASA. So that's that's the information that I was, you know, that I saw here on X. And, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, of course, but, you know, 
She uh, tells us how NASA purposely prevents credible research from reaching satisfactory conclusions, meaning, and I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I mean, NASA, never a straight answer, and ASA, right? NASA, they've been known to cover shit up over time, you know? And so, and I'm sure you know that you've covered NASA on your channel too. Um, And I wouldn't put it past that they have tried to obfuscate advancements in technology for their own you know, agenda, right? They kind of want like, uh, you know, their own timeline of technological progression to space, you would assume, right? And so, yeah, yeah, it's just a little weird when I came across that and that she actually, she was a real person. She actually did pass away. I thought it was AI at first, but yeah, no, it's, she's a real person. I did some digging and she was a scientist at NASA. And uh, I mean, yeah, she was drunk during that kind of podcast or interview or whatever uh which yeah. was that an interview she was being interviewed by someone i don't think it was an interview yeah, i think it was just like a podcast like she was a guest on like a podcast like low-key that is unlisted Damn. for some reason yeah i don't yeah i mean if you looked into it and she was actually a employee at nasa and she died and she was saying all that i mean that's definitely suspicious Mm -hmm. but it's not yeah it's not conclusive in itself and a lot of what she was saying was also kind of intentionally vague like what do you mean it worked exactly how you expected because when she was talking about it at first i thought it meant that she was implying that it worked just like a, a flying saucer but she never said anything about that. And so the the next impression I got was she was saying that it's rare that when you design something and you test it for the first time, that it works perfectly. And so maybe she was saying that these people were not coming up with anti-gravity, but whatever they were working on, they were so good at their job as engineers that the first time they tested the thing that they built, it worked. And maybe that's just her being, as an example, saying that NASA, even if something works great, will turn it into scrap metal. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're working on anti-gravity spaceships. But she did say we could be on Jupiter. But she could also be speculating by saying, like, the amount of stuff that has gotten shut down for no reason means that we could be more advanced but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's saying people worked on flying saucers at nasa and have them you know what i'm saying right right but i mean if 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 they've already if they have scientists that have already come up with this technology i mean why would they even try to shut it down right um you know i'm also reading here that says amy eskridge died on june 11th 2022 she was the chairwoman and president of the Institute for Exotic Science. Uh, Her dad, Greg Eskridge, was the technical lead of the Advanced Propulsion Lab at NASA Marshall. Here she is explaining about how the black budget programs work. She says, you know what they do with their smartest people? Cancel, cancel, cancel dopamine block. They get the ideas from you. They get the design. They get the prototype that works the first time you turn it on. And then they cancel it, and then they take it a deeper level, a uh, level deeper. 
so what they do is you solve the problem, then they cancel it. Cancel it is cancel it in the white world. Uh, they move it to a deeper level, a level deeper. They optimize it for the secret application, and they give you a new problem, and then they cancel it. So I don't know. It's, it is interesting, though, that I've never heard of things happening in Alabama. Have you? Any kind of NASA operations? Yeah, I think they actually do have a little outpost there where they work on things. Mm. I feel like they have probably little areas that they work throughout the U S. Um, so I think that is a thing, mm. but I, and I'm pretty sure they have one in Alabama, but when you were reading that to me, I don't know if you caught it. She is a chairwoman for some woo woo sounding organization that maybe she created. And I think what you said was her dad was a NASA engineer, right? Well, she says as she was the chairwoman and president of the Institute up for exotic science like what is that it's like a school for ants <laughs> <laughs> um see that's where i think it sounds made up yeah it's like saying i'm the the co-hosts of black hole theories you know what i'm saying <laughs> it doesn't mean we'll work for nasa yeah Yeah, interesting. There is a crunch-based pro, uh, profile or portfolio or whatever you want to call it um, that exists. So I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like to me, like, uh, I mean, I consider us conspiracy theorists, but she sounds like a crazy lady who's going through some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, before she passed away. Which, you know, she was under the influence like while she was filming that podcast or whatever. Um, and I think this is her, dude. Stop yeah. looking through dozens of lessons. Yeah, I think this is her. My name is Amy oh, Etheridge, and I'm the president and co-founder of the Institute for Exotic Science, based here in Rocket City, USA, in Huntsville, Alabama. We're a privately held, for-profit, public benefit corporation research institution with a focus on aerospace, space sciences, advanced exotic propulsion, metamaterials communications, and other types. Did she just say metamaterials? Yeah, so basically what she's saying is she has a business that is for-profit where they examine what they think is UFOs. And it sounds like complete bullshit to me. Excuse me. Space-related and terrestrial technology. Our goal is to speed up innovation and bring new technology to the market faster than the traditional institutions have been able to do. And because of this, we want to come to LA to pair our deep technological expertise with the commercialization expertise present in LA. So we're going to be in town and I'm excited to come and talk to you and explain to you what we're doing and, and what our mission is. And so please come and talk to me. I'd love to meet you and speak with you. And Dude, that's, yeah. I, I, I saw, like, I spent a while watching, like, the full podcast with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about disclosure in the beginning of the podcast and how, like, they think, how she thought that it would be a good idea to 
give some evidence, some conclusive evidence to a major media figure such as, and for some reason she brought this media figure up, Tucker Carlson. She thought that it would be a good idea to provide the evidence to him so that he could announce it, you know, like disclosure, yeah. I guess. And that was her idea. Um, so I don't know. It could be a woo city. Over she here. sounds like, yeah, I think she doesn't sound. She definitely doesn't works for NASA. Let's just get that straight. She works for. Here's here's the biggest red flag. When you say nothing by stringing together a lot of very big words. That to me rings bullshit hmm. every time. Because if you try to actually follow every word she said, I'm not even going to try to attempt to use the words that she used to try to sound intelligent and sound official. But the content of what she said just boiled down to the fact that she has her own business where she tries to look for anti-gravity technology. And when they find it, they're going to take it to the masses faster than NASA or any other could mainstream means. I think, she which work- actually just means nothing. I think she did work for NASA though, bro. Look, I asked chat GPT. I'm like, who is Amy Eskridge? Cause I just, you know, I just, I've been using GPT a lot. I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been messing with AI a little bit more than usual. Um, and I just asked her that question. I'm like, hey, who's uh, Amy Eskridge? And then this is what ChatGPT spit it out. It says, Amy Eskridge was a NASA engineer who played a significant role in the space shuttle program. She worked at the Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Eskridge was known for her expertise in space shuttle propulsion and external tank foam insulation, areas that became particularly significant following the space shuttle columbia disaster in 2003 she was part of the team that worked on understanding and fixing the foam shedding problem that led to the columbia accident her contributions were crucial in the safe return to flight of the space shuttle program so i don't know and i columbia columbia is the one with the teacher right that blew up yeah it sounds like it yeah you realize that happened like while she was maybe three years old or some shit. Well, yeah. Well, she was, so this is 03. That happened in 03, um, February 1st, 2003. And she's 34 when she passed away in 2022. So she might've been like in her teens, like, you know, mid teens around there. No, the, the space shuttle blew up in the eighties. The Columbia accident. Is Columbia the one with the teacher that blew up? Yeah, I think so. The Columbia disaster occurred on February 1st when NASA's space shuttle Columbia broke up as it re-entered the Earth's atmosphere over... The disaster killed all seven astronauts on board, including Ian Lon Ramon, the first Israeli okay. astronaut in space. I think, yeah, I'm thinking of a different oh, incident. Gotcha. Oh, I'm thinking of the Challenger. The Challenger. Gotcha. Yeah. But... Um, and I asked it how she passed away, and she said she passed away due to cancer. So, first off, um, hmm. what was the first bio that you read? Because you read something that was like she's the chairwoman of blah, 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 yeah. esoteric, whatever. Yeah, it was actually on Ashton Forbes, uh, which, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not too keen on 
on what he says because uh, he's the one that theorized about MS-57, the, the, you know, the plane that apparently just, you know, mm. disappeared into mm-hmm. thin air. Um, yeah. But he's the one that kind of made this tweet saying that, you know, giving information on her. Yeah. But even what he said was the second sentence about her dad. Her dad, Greg Eskridge, was the technical lead of the Advanced Repulsion Lab at NASA Marshall. Yeah, so it was her dad, not her. She's she's the chairwoman of some esoteric studies organization that she created herself from her fucking basement. Mm. And her dad is the only credibility offerer here. Her dad worked for NASA. She is someone who believes in UFOs and wants people to pay her money to examine potentially fake, hmm. potentially real anti-gravity. Right. Like if you listen to what the, what she described her job in that video, one, she's like, the video's got no views basically, right? And she's trying to get people to talk to her at some expo she's going to. And she's some fucking, I'm the chairwoman of blah, blah, blah organization. And she says all these fucking words without saying anything other than saying we want to make money by bringing anti-gravity technology to the masses. So if you have it, like, let me see it so I can profit from it. That's essentially what she said. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I did get that. Yeah, this was the um, this was the podcast that. um, And you could see, I mean, she was clearly drunk here. For sure. Um, we'll do it me, live. Lufa, my vision of disclosure. I like the library thing, sending it to libraries on a certain day. Um, what I had sort of envisioned is I want to publish the paper on archive.com because you absolutely cannot publish this in a peer reviewed journal because the peer review committee will laugh you out of there, but they'll send it to all of their friends. So, no. So. Yeah. Yeah, she's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and she's talking. How can she be taken yeah. seriously if she's... I, I, yeah. I say we but do I really... Sorry, what? Is this guy sitting in a Walmart? Everything we possibly can. (laughs) Correct. We need to reach out. We need to have a group. What is happening? What is this interview? That we can possibly control and and ask them all to pitch in, give them all the information all at once, and just spam the internet with it. We need partnerships well ahead of time. Period. Like you can't be calling these people to be like, "Can I disclose UFOs tomorrow?" You have to be like in talks with these people. And so we, we need to pick Mark and I have been talking about this already. We need to pick uh, the most credible person we can possibly get who will publish it and talk about it. On oh my TV. God. Okay. I was thinking Tucker Carlson. I was thinking Tucker Carlson needs to be the one. Tucker Carlson. I'm oh yeah. I love Tucker. Carlson. We should get that let's guy. Call Rush Limbaugh. No, let's call Tucker. <laughs> so yeah i don't know if you've heard enough but yeah i mean bro this is like first off 
let's forget the fact that she was drunk. Let's forget the fact that she's the chairwoman of some bullshit organization that she clearly created herself. Yeah. You lose me when you say your entire strategy hinges on getting the right person to talk about it on live TV. (laughs) Are we not in 2024 at the time she was in 2022? We... You'll get more views on a viral YouTube video than you will on TV. Like, who makes that your end goal? We got to get on TV. We going to show them. I'm trying not to laugh because she's dead. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a byproduct. All of these things happening all at once. I also feel like it's a byproduct of the conversation being, you know, more popular and and being more trending uh and so you you're bound to have a bunch of kooks pop up from different corners so i don't know i don't know what to think of it i mean yeah i mean yeah it sounds very woo and uh, a little out there so yeah i it's a tragedy that she died it is yeah it's very unfortunate but however I have not seen anything to convince me that she was suicided because of trying to reveal the truth. Right. (laughs) I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, if they were trying to discredit her point to the obvious, like I did. Right. So the fact that she's dead, I think is probably way too extreme of a measure than was even needed. Right. You know, right. Cause we can't just like say, Oh, you know, you know, it was men in black. Yeah. It was Will Smith, you know, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then we got Yuri Geller, you know, Yuri Geller, uh, ringing bells. Yeah. So he's, me. he's that dude that like Ben spoons and shit. Uh, okay. He, he like apparently like in the back in the eighties and nineties, I think he's like a magician or some shit. Um, yeah. he had access to, uh, a building where Werner von Braun and uh, the astronaut Edgar Mitchell um, went to go see some alien bodies. And so um, I did see this tweet. He did. Okay. Tom Bring us up to speed. Yeah. So yeah. Tom DeLong actually shared it. He, re- he retweeted his, uh, his tweet and I'll go ahead yeah. and I'll show you the tweet real quick. I just want to get your thoughts on it, but uh, this is the tweet right here. It says, my dear friends, this type of alien is the one I have seen in the abyss of the concrete building. Werner Von Braun and astronaut Edgar Mitchell took me to see. Some bodies were not intact, but mangled. Some were like this one in this video. To the best of my recollection, there could have been eight in glass containers. This is what I posted a while ago. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. He said that they were being kept in a massive refrigerated room. At least three flights of stairs beneath the building that is situated on a well-known NASA base. Are they being kept there? I don't know. But look back at some of my previous posts on this subject. I've made it very clear that where this was. So he said, before we went in, uh, Braun asked me to put on an orange Antarctic-style warm coat with the circular blue NASA logo on it. And he also put one on too. Inside it smelled like a hospital. 
I could see what looked like heavy glass containers with lifeless bodies lying inside them. It was a shocking sight. Like when you see an accident that has happened and you feel like something has hit you in the stomach. The containers look thick, triple glazed, transparent coffins that were misted with frost along all of the edges and the corners. The bodies were small, thin, and very frail looking with big heads, but disturbingly familiar. They looked uncannily like us. Enough for me to feel repulsed and sorry for these victims. They had either been severely injured or had decomposed a lot, but not, not all. None of your cynical and skeptical scoffing comments will change what I have seen. Friends, please let me know in your comments. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, Yuri Geller, he said some outrageous things uh, on Twitter and X. And um, he's always talking about how, like, yeah, he's been involved and he's known about this for such a long time and this and that. But it's crazy that Tom DeLonge would repost it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Tom DeLonge, that doesn't even mean anything to me as far as the credibility of that story. But the story is definitely fascinating. Um, It makes a lot of wild accusations that have not necessarily been made. And um, yeah, yeah, I I, I guess I don't know what to make of it because I don't necessarily like know who your geller is you know as an and as an example like if he's a magician does that hurt his credibility well i think if you look at someone like tom DeLong, people would argue he has a lot of credibility in the in the space but he also is just an entertainer you know he's a musician so right um does being a magician inherently make you less credible when you say something like that? Um, but the details of the story were very fascinating. So unless he's like it's very a writer, you know, right. then it seems like very specific. You know, how would you react if you had special access? Like if somebody knocked on your door, right? The CIA knocked on your door and told you, "Yo, Patrick, come with me." I want to show you what we've been hiding this whole time since you've shown such interest in this topic. We've seen your YouTube videos. We've seen Mindfuck with Patrick James. And we want to take you to an underground basement where we're keeping alien bodies. Come with me. Come with us. Let's show you. How would you react as you're walking down those stairs or that elevator and you see those, those, those beings? What would you feel? Um, okay. So at first I would feel a weird sense of unease in my stomach. I think I would be, it would feel like a very trippy experience because as I lay, uh, as I lay my eyes upon this creature that may or may not be from another dimension or another galaxy and came here in a little flying saucer from the Jetsons. I would question if my reality was real. I would question if this was a simulation of some sort. I would question if I was in a video game. And then I would have to come to the gripping truth that this being is real and it's standing there right in front of me and it's looking me in the eyes. And I would try to get a sense of if it feels at the consciousness level similar to me or just completely something different. Um Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me ask this. Let me ask you this. All right. The tour guide is there with you. CIA tour guide, okay. right? The theoretical, hypothetical, 
tour guide is there with you and he's asked, he, he, he tells you, you may only ask me three questions. However, you, you'll have to keep your mouth shut. Anything. You can ask me anything. And then he'll, of course, make you sign an NDA. What would you do? What would, what would you ask him? Well, I'm glad you asked this question because believe it or not, I have a note on my notes app in my iPhone that I created in probably 2020 called questions to ask an alien. If I ever met an alien from another place that was seemingly far more advanced than me, I have questions already loaded up just for this exact. You're locked and loaded. So you're asking me to choose three. Three questions. You're limited to three. So you got to kind of get a little technical and, you know, pick the most. I can do this. Okay. Can you go back in time and change the past? That's a good one. Okay. I fucks with it. Your belief on God and religion. Okay. Um, and then what is inside of a black hole? I dig it. I dig it. The last question though, you know, what is inside of a black hole? Do you feel like they would know the answer to that? Or what happens inside the black hole? I feel like if they had the ability to warp and manipulate gravity and travel faster than the speed of light. I don't know. I guess that's a, a question. It would depend on how advanced they are. Like you would almost wonder if they could use that technology to explore a black hole. And maybe they know a lot more about physics and the nature of reality than we do in our limited amount of time studying mathematics and physics and geometry and maybe in trigonometry and calculus and all the, all of that stuff. Maybe they know more, they have a deeper understanding of, of the nature of our universe because the black hole was only theorized by Einstein's equations for a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was eventually discovered ironically, not that long ago, uh, you know, much later than Einstein, like physically proven that they exist. Right. And, and like actually discovered. And now we realize that they're actually everywhere. In fact, they may be the driving force what, for what keeps this universe going. It's like the way I, a picture of black holes is it is like the heart pumping blood throughout your body. Black holes are almost like the fucking engine that makes the universe work because at the center of every galaxy is a massive black hole and galaxies from a cosmological standpoint are probably the only reason that we're alive is collecting stardust together in ways that form planets, stars, all of this stuff and what's collecting it all together is the fucking drain that it's all going into, you know? Right. And so maybe they know more about what a black hole is, who put it there, what its purpose is. Like, is there an, like, is there more purposes that black holes serve than we are aware of, you know, of just being the center of galaxies and 
what happens inside of that? Maybe they know that at the center of a black hole is a big bang into another universe. Maybe black holes are portals into other dimensions. We don't know. Dude. You know? Yo. Galaxies are like space hurricanes. If you really think about it. And that's actually the um, uh, Fibonacci sequence at work. That's crazy. I just thought yeah. about that. That's crazy. What is a black hole? I mean, yeah, like it bothers me, man. Like, what is a black hole and why is it the center of every galaxy? It's so interesting. Do you think it's kind of like, do you think it contributes to the order in the universe? Yeah. Yeah. I think it keeps it going. Yeah, I think it, I think it is the, the power. It's the powerhouse of the cell, the mitochondria. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and like I, I also think it kind of blows my mind that our universe as a whole looks just like a collection of neurons mm-hmm. when you zoom out. Um, and so <laughs> neurons, how many of those are fucking in your brain, right? Billions. Billions. And so what if we are just a tiny little minuscule our universe is a tiny little minuscule thing in a larger organism right right i've I've always thought about that too like what if we're actually living inside of an organism right kind of like uh i don't know osmosis jones or something like that you know (laughs) (laughs) or the the who's from whoville and the Grinch. yeah they're on a snowflake yeah whoa that's trippy yeah (laughs) i mean yeah that's it that's falling so many possibilities it could really make your head you know head spin um and that's why i feel like disclosure is so important you know disclosure of the basics at least i feel like i feel like it all goes back to like what's happening right now you know um have you heard of robert dean Mm -mm. so robert dean was this dude who believed that there were aliens integrated in society with us right now. I actually made a video about it on TikTok like two years ago. Okay. Uh, I've heard this theory. I didn't know who Robert Dean was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And as a matter of fact, you know Robert Bigelow? The he yeah. was the former owner of yeah boy. Skinwalker Ranch. He uh, <laughs> I don't know him personally, but I know of him. Yeah, so Robert Dean, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Bigelow. He was asked like in a I think it was 60 Minutes had him on like a couple of years ago Australia. Uh, they asked him like, oh, you know, why do you believe in in aliens or like you know where are they and what are they. And he said, like, oh, I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, they're they're here. You know, like, like what are they? Oh, yeah. yeah. You remember that? That was in an interview. Yeah, right? it was an inter- interview. And then he just chuckled. Uh, and he said that they're here. So it makes you question, like, are they really here? Are, is he referring to us as humans? Like, when he said they're here, did he elaborate more to imply that they're, like, walking among us or did he mean that they're just like visiting our sky he just said like oh you don't have to go anywhere to go see aliens type shit oh yeah you know i think yeah he was very vague i've i saw that and i thought about it in a lot of different ways again because it's like intentionally open-ended right and i 
gotta wonder there's so again probabilities there's either the fact that he has met aliens interacted with aliens and seen aliens and he knows that they are walking among Mm -hmm. us that's a possibility or is it more likely that he meant we ourselves are aliens because we ourselves are intelligent life on a spinning rock in outer space and when he combines that with his personal belief that there is also intelligent life out in the universe outside of us humans on earth then is he saying that in an intentionally vague and open-ended way but realistically just saying that we ourselves are aliens. right you are an alien i am an alien that's like a neil degrasse tyson type yeah. thing. we're the aliens we're the ones that we should be worried about why would they think about us <laughs> yeah yeah uh i don't know I, I i've always felt i don't know if i ever told you this but when i was a kid i was sitting in the back seat of my parents' car and we were just driving and I had a lot of time to myself when I was a kid. Like, you know, sometimes I would just get bored and stare out the window, you know, when cars would pass by when we were in traffic or something, you know, I would just, you know, just, I guess just get bored and, you know, spend time doing nothing. And a lot of this time that I was spending doing nothing, sitting in the back seat, waiting patiently to get to the next destination, I had a feeling dude. And I don't even know, I can't even explain it. Like, I mean, I can't explain it, but I don't know if you could relate or if anybody in the audience can relate. I felt that I wasn't from this planet, dude. And it was like a feeling. Like I felt kind of like when you take psychedelics or something, I felt like right here and like here, it was like a weird sensation. I felt like I I was from somewhere else out there. And I can't, I was like nine Mm -hmm. years old, dude. I, I can't even explain it. Um, to this day, I still think about it. I'm like, was I just being a kid and having like creative imagination or was that really a feeling? Cause it was a feeling. It actually felt like a feeling, you know? So I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but it was actually something that just like came to me as a feeling, uh, and then translated as a thought. So it was a feeling first that translated as a thought. And I don't know if I was just like being a kid at that time. So I just kind of like, you know, threw it in the back burner. Yeah. But it was the weirdest thing ever, man. Weirdest thing. So it makes me question like, are we really from other planets? Do we have DNA that stems from other life out there, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we were manipulated over time. And of course, there's that whole Australopithecus being manipulated genetically with some other intelligent life force or life form um, over time. You know, that's another, another big theory, but Robert Dean going back to Robert Dean, he believed that there's actually a program in the government that is like very low key and secret where we've made a pact with a certain civilization so that they can kind of like an exchange program uh, to where they can, live among us in in society for what purpose i don't know recon i don't know sociology i don't know um to where they live with us like in apartment buildings they live with us you know you know we we could be shopping in grocery stores and they're right next to us and we wouldn't even know about it he even emphasized that that we wouldn't we would never even know that they're extraterrestrials 
And so it makes me wonder, like, are there other humans out there? Um, are we related to them? Um, why is yeah. this man who is, uh, uh, he's retired. He was in the United States Army. He was a command sergeant major after a 28-year career. And he's actually from uh, Tucson, Arizona. Um, Tucson, Tucson, Arizona. And so uh, he appeared in like radio programs. He was in TV shows, uh, interviews. He uh, also claimed to have viewed a classified government document called the assessment um, that allegedly discusses threats posed by alien activity on Earth. And he concluded that no such threats existed. Um, he also said that he considers himself a professional, he considered himself a professional UFO researcher and, uh, and had cosmic top secret clearance while in the military. And, um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. He, uh, hmm. yeah, yeah. He also had a lawsuit. Uh, he was sued. <clears throat> He sued his employer for discrimination also, saying that he was treated unfairly because of his belief in UFOs. And uh, he settled for 100K back in the 90s. Hmm. Yeah. I think what, you know, uh, the whole idea of what if aliens are here walking among us, you know, I think that's a connection that to some like certain other stories that I've heard about that really fascinates me. Like the idea of the Nordics and like they come and visit people and they're all like super good looking blonde people who are like in their twenties or thirties. And they always have like a very positive message for humanity. And they're here to like help us and protect us. And then you know, I think the Billy was a Billy Meyer or someone said he like met the Nordics and his his credibility has always been questioned. He's the guy yeah. who like photographed all the flying saucers up close. But um, Travis Walton, his story does fascinate me of, of those same theory. Right. It's fascinating for two reasons. One, because the Nordic beings look surprisingly human. And so. Yeah. If they're human looking in appearance <laughs> and there's no distinguish, uh, no just really distinguishable features other than they are just like better looking than us and they're all blonde haired, um, you know, that gotta, that makes you wonder like, is there a universal code to intelligent life throughout the universe? And it all kind of looks very similar. Like you're not going to see these fucking alien, like the Hollywood alien movie from the eighties uh, where they're all like these predator looking creatures that are just like ready to pounce. They might have those somewhere in the universe, but the fact that those are the dominating intelligent species maybe is not as common. Like if they all are bipedal, have two arms, two feet or whatever, and have two eyes on the front of their head, things like that. Um, so, but with Travis Walton's story, he met two or more human-looking creatures that were wearing helmets on this craft that also had these typical grays. Um, so Didn't when I hear about – so, Yeah. 
They did. Have you seen it? Yeah. What was it called? Uh, something Fire in the Fire Sky. Fire in the Sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I did see the movie. And were the creatures in the movie, did they look similar to the ones that he saw? The movie is not something to watch if you want to see cool-looking aliens. Yeah. The thing about the movie is the entire movie is very accurate to exactly what happened up until they show you what happened to him while he was being abducted mm. on the alien spacecraft. What was in the movie was so Hollywood, so so cheesy 80s horror almost feeling that and it's completely the opposite of what actually happened in real life. And in my opinion, the real life experience that he had in uh, according to his story, whether you believe it or not, in my opinion, is actually much creepier. If they would have ran with that in the video or in the movie, I think it would have been a way better movie. Um, or because I mean that they make that the climax of the movie and the climax just for me was not doing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I did my recent video on Travis Walton on my YouTube channel, uh, what, what I did was obviously deep dive through the, you the, killed it, bro. You killed it with the that. documentary. You oh, killed, you watched that one. Yeah. You killed that shit, dude. The, from the script to even just like watching the finished product, I was like, this is so creepy. Like the entire experience is creepy as fuck, you know? Yeah. It is creepy. Yeah. He was the only one that was abducted in that case, right? Yep. And he had friends that corroborated the same story, right? There were no inconsistencies in that story. Mm -mm. Yeah. There was, and they weren't all friends. It was six other dudes who wow. witnessed this happen. So there's an unbiased um, factor as well. They, yeah, they were six coworkers, and some of them didn't get along with each other, wow. you know, and some of them were best friends or whatever. They were just six dudes who were hired to do the job, you know. Yeah, I really like Travis Walton's story, but I recently did see something that made me question like his incentive uh, for even, I guess, just. And I sent it to you. I think, I don't know if you saw it by chance, but he was essentially like waiting to get money. Like he, somebody, uh, he had brought somebody over to his house. I believe it was his house. And in that video, after the interview was over, he was kind of just like waiting there. And I guess the guy that films, you know, that filmed that podcast or that interview, he filmed everything. Like, and so Travis Walton was just waiting there to collect payment. And then he asked him like, oh, how much do we owe? He's like, oh, 1500. And then it was just like very like, I don't know. I don't know. It puts him in like a certain light. What was your thoughts on that? I see where you're coming from. Yeah. But at the end of the day. He's got to make a living. You know. He's yeah. got to make a living. And he couldn't. He That's the one thing he always struggled to do after the experience. And um, I so I, I get it. You know, you got to make a living. Everybody wants that from him, his experience. Yeah, okay, I'm a business now. I am the business. You want me to tell you the story, you got to pay me the money. Because I don't even, because that's the thing is he doesn't even like that this has happened to him, you know? So might as well, Travis. Yeah, might as well just, you know, make something good out of it, right? I could see that perspective. Right. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. We want views. We want brand deals. We want money. But we also want the platform to talk and express 
our feelings, right? Our feelings about the UFOs. Yeah. And I feel like I, I've met Travis Walton briefly Did you? Um, at a MUFON meeting. Mm. And I don't, the more I look into his story and also the vibe I was getting from him when I talked to him, I was just like, this guy isn't happy that this happened to him. And I, I believe it happened to him. <laughs> and so that I, that's why it's so creepy to me because if you truly just understand that this guy is not lying, even if he thinks he went through some crazy experience, at least to him it's real. The story is so fucking creepy or wild. If you put yourself in the shoes of any person involved that witnessed this happen, especially if you put yourself in his shoes, the entire thing would prop like, how is he not just completely fucked up? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's some scarring ass shit. Could, could you summarize it though? Could you summarize the story in like a paragraph so that people, for people that haven't heard the Travis Walton story, could you like yeah. sum it up? I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. This guy and six other people were cutting down trees because they were literally lumberjacks at this forest in northern Arizona. And as they were driving out of the forest at night after a full day of cutting down trees, they see a light in the trees that it's just off the beaten path. They go to drive up and check it out because they think maybe it's a forest fire and they got to report it or something like that. And and none of the theories that they thought of the light were making sense. So when they get up to it, they realize, oh, shit, there's a flying saucer just hovering there glowing really brightly. And Travis Walton essentially being a risk-taking guy trying to show off for his buddies and have the bravado. He figured, I'm going to run up to this thing and it's going to zip off into space. And I'm going to look so cool because I ran up to it. Well, long story short, he runs up to it. It doesn't zip off into space. And what there was maybe some electric field coming off of it. And whatever it was, it zapped Travis so hard that he basically was flung 20 feet away. His friends think this thing just killed him. So because they saw it happen and apparently like at first it like kind of levitated him up and then zapped him off like an electric shock or something. Yeah. And so his friends drive away in fear because they're all packed into this truck and they come to their senses and they go, we can't leave Travis. We got to fucking go back and find him. We can't just leave his body there because they assume he's dead. They assume this thing killed him. Long story short, they go back over there, turn around the car after a few miles away. And not only is the flying saucer gone, but Travis Walton is gone too. And they can't find him anywhere. And so not knowing what to do, they go into town. They were go to the police station. They report what just happened. And they tell the police officer, we were just in the forest. This flying saucer was right there. It zapped Travis and it took him by his body. And it's probably in space right now. The police thought these guys were crazy, as would anybody. Okay, so the police is entertaining the story 
And he's like, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, can you show me where this happened? The only reason he's going along with it is because he thinks now he's investigating a homicide. And he thinks these guys killed Travis somewhere in the forest and left and, and like, tried to hide his body somewhere. So... Basically, there's search parties out in this forest looking for Travis everywhere for five days. Not a trace of Travis anywhere. And the whole time, everybody's accusing these guys of murder. They are the most hated guys in this town. The police has them locked up thinking that they are clearly lying. So they have them all separated. Tell me what happened from the beginning. They're interrogating them, trying to get them to have any inconsistencies Every guy had the exact same story. So they eventually hire the number one polygrapher in the in the nation who ironically happened to be in Phoenix, which is a couple hours away. Um, and so he drives up and puts all these guys under a lie detector test, and they all pass with flying colors. Then on the fifth day of all this madness happening, and by now it's national news, on the fifth day... Travis Walton wakes up in the middle of the road, has his clothes on, goes over to a payphone in the middle of the night, confused about what just happened. He's looking up at the sky and he's, as he's laying there in the street and he sees this flying saucer hover, hovering above him and he sees it fly off. And he fucking runs up to a, the nearest payphone, which is a, you know, a few blocks away, it, almost as if this thing like dropped him off in this town near a payphone and calls his brother. He's like, dude, you need to come pick me up. It's Travis or whatever. And his brother's like, if, if this is a prank call, just like stop calling. Like we get enough of these. Right. So he's like, no, it's really me. It's Travis. Come pick me up. So long story short, as I've said a long story ago, he basically, uh, his brother comes and picks him up. It's the middle of the of the night. They go get him examined by a hospital uh, in Phoenix, which is a couple hours away because they didn't want to use the local doctors. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with him other than the fact that he looks like he hasn't eaten for five days and he's got some beard growth. And um, so anyways, he undergoes all this therapy uh, and hypnotic regressions to recall the memories that he couldn't remember at first of what happened while he was gone because as you gotta believe this story was national news as a potential homicide of this crazy alien abduction that they're claiming and now the guy returns and he has the exact same story as these other guys last thing i remember Man, we were in the forest and we saw this flying saucer. And next thing I know, I'm laying in the street. And so after talking to his brother a couple days later and recollecting the story, he starts to get memories of seeing these beings. And he has all these interviews where his story corroborates what these guys have been saying and also has this crazy wild experience of what happened to him while he was on this craft of meeting these grays that were working on him and then being so scared because he thought he was in a hospital. And then he realized that these were alien looking beings that were hovering right above him. And he kind of just pushed them off of him because they were like really light and weak and easy to push away. And, uh, he like jumps off this table and he's like, 
looking for anything to grab as a weapon. And he picks up some fucking object. It looks like a glass tube or something, probably a tool that they were using. And he was like trying to fend them off. They run out of the room. It's like this, you know, futuristic door that slides up and then slides shut. And uh, basically he, um, a few minutes later, these Nordic looking beings come into the room. And when I say Nordic, again, human in appearance, blonde hair, blue eyes, um, and they have helmets on and spacesuits. And uh, he thinks, okay, this must be the military. They're here to save me. So he goes with these humans and he's trying to ask them questions. They're not responding to him. They have a blank expression on their face. It's not reacting to him at all, other than just guiding him through the hallways of this fucking ship. And they eventually take him into a room where there's all these other Nordic looking beings, men and women. Um, and they lay him on a table and put this gas mask over his face and he knocks out. Next thing you know, he wakes up uh, in the middle of the road. And so he actually, after all these years, believes that when he ran up to this ship, something like the force field around it or like the electricity coming off of it is what zapped him. And they think that he thinks that these beings actually took him and revived him and then dropped him off um, to help him out. So uh, what killed, him? I mean, they, they, yeah, they think it killed it. Oh, so they think that like the, the electromagnetic field or like the emission of the UFO that he approached killed him. And then they kind of recognized that, you know, he was like a dead body. And so that's why they took him. And yeah, interesting so that was the motive yeah. that was the you know the mm -hmm. theorized motive and, and we don't know if he was actually dead but right. if this thing actually did zap him he was definitely like not in great shape so if that's so, the case then yeah extraterrestrials value life i guess they're, yeah they're empathetic or they just don't want to like impact the timeline or if they're like from the future mm. or they don't want to um like leave unnecessary collateral damage right maybe that's like a like a just an uh keeping order type of thing mm. you know interesting interesting because they didn't plan on this fucking human being running up to it right you know? right he just happened to be there what were they doing though? That's a good question, right? Maybe they're just parked there, right? Were that they just is the question. Were they just parked there beforehand for like a certain amount of time? Did they say that it was there uh for a while? So apparently in this forest it's known for UFO sightings. And apparently Travis had seen flying saucers near him, uh like in the sky, uh where he could see it, like multiple times before this happened which is a contributing factor to why maybe he wasn't as afraid or in awe of it when they saw it um and so he i guess as far as like uh what it was doing there they think that maybe the area has a lot of courts so it could be very energetically charged hmm. um i've heard that as a theory and then i've also heard you know that just like there's something in the area that mm. is, is drawing them because apparently these are commonly seen there. Gotcha. And there was also a story of a hunter who was actually hunting nearby 
when Travis was abducted and apparently he was like 150 yards away and he actually saw this whole thing go down. So that would be a un like a unrelated witness outside of them. Um, I didn't include that part in the video because I don't know how credible that, that story right. is, but um, do you, feel yeah, like, apparently this guy was legit. Do you feel like this is one of the most credible abduction stories? I think so. Um, just in the sense of how the story changed, you know, because the, as far as like the narrative from mainstream news, as the story was unfolding in real time, because it wasn't a UFO abduction uh, hoax from the beginning, right? It was, it was these guys are being tried for murder, right? If it was a hoax, they would have tried to make it look convincing out in the forest. There was nothing out in the forest, you know, and that's kind of the point. But Travis was gone. And so the people who have tried to debunk it, they, they point to Travis being like a druggy, alcoholic or something. And they think that he went into a cabin somewhere in the woods and took a bunch of LSD. Um, but the, the, the evidence that directly refutes that is the fact that there's no cabin that we know of that he could have gone to. And second, um, he got examined the night he returned at a hospital in Phoenix and they found nothing wrong with him. They did find a needle puncture in his arm and that's presumably from whatever Injection. may have happened yeah. in the in this on the craft. But there were no traces of drugs in his system at all, you know. And they've they, they did like a toxicology report or whatever. Like they yeah, they I'm pretty sure they did blood yeah. and shit. So let me ask you this. I love the Travis Walton story. Like I've heard it once before, but you just like and I saw your video. And I love the details of it. Like, it's such a compelling story. But let me ask you this, okay? Why hasn't an, uh, such a detailed abduction story like this happened in the past 10 years? Why haven't we had a crazy abduction story like this in the past 10 to 20 years? You don't hear about it. The closest one that I would think of is the Chris Bledsoe situation. And Chris Bledsoe, if you guys don't know about him, he's this guy who really does think that, you know, UFOs are tied to God, that UFOs are actually spiritual beings or, uh, that have made a connection with him and his family. And he actually has like an Instagram page there where he records every night on his property lights in the sky. And these are like crystal clear videos of like, lights in the sky and he records them like every almost every other week or something like that and he posts those videos he's having consistent recurring ufo visit visitations but it's not an, it's not an abduction experience right we haven't heard of a crazy yeah. abduction experience like this in a while why is that it's because technology has gotten yeah. so good to the point where we have cameras and cell phones accessible to us and well you know like i would ask you this what were they happening really common around the time that Travis Walton was abducted or even before that? Yeah. Like, is it something that stopped happening? I feel like it is something that stopped happening. Don't you think? I mean, I, 
I would have to do a lot of research to yeah. find out high profile abduction cases and mm-hmm. like put it on a timeline or something. But I guess what I would say in response to, you know, the question that you asked was the fact that if it happened, would we know like with social media today, would anybody take it seriously or does it happen in such a high profile way on accident? Like Travis Walton's story went viral in the seventies before the internet, before he even returned as an, uh, as an abductee, you know what I'm saying? Right. So there was such a perfect series of events, almost coincidentally that no, like were like, even if it was a hoax, they couldn't plan on that going viral in the way it did and gaining that type of attention and, and unfolding the way it did. And so I don't know. Uh, it just, yeah, I, I feel like if it did happen, we wouldn't know about it. And there are probably a lot of people out there claiming that they have been abducted. You know what I'm saying? Whether they have or not. Right. But I'm talking like a full scale abduction, like, like that, that is, that goes viral. You know, you haven't really seen that in a while. That was something that broke the news, right? The Travis Walton situation. And there's also the Missing 411 series. Have you heard about this? No. Missing 411 is uh, about all these people who go missing in very mysterious ways. And the it's almost like the concept of the Bermuda Triangle where you like things disappear inside of that triangle missing 411 is all spread out through the U through the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's in like heavily forested areas. And so it's like a kid is with their dad at a campsite and the dad turns this way for 10 seconds and turns back and the kid is gone and there's no trace of this thing anywhere, you know? there's no nothing right there's also and then like in other instances something like that will happen and then their shoes reappear 10 miles away three hours later or some shit you know what i'm saying like and so missing yeah and and i guess like it's in like along certain like systems in heavily forested areas in north america but a lot of that people theorize as being any number of, of explanations, but one of the explanations is theorized to be like alien abduction, you know? Yeah, that's reasonable. Sometimes they find these people, but sometimes like even the timeline of when they find them and, and, and where they're at, yeah. and what it would take to even get there is like very fishy or like tricky. Right. You know? That that's reasonable. I mean, to think that like they're they're alien alien abductions. I mean, how how would someone just disappear like that out of thin air? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So people think like portals. People think um, skinwalkers or some shit, or you know, aliens. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Bermuda Bermuda is another one that's pretty trippy. You know, I could actually go swimming, and I'm like touching the tip of the Bermuda Triangle right now yeah i believe yeah Yeah. it's very close and like because it starts like in bermuda it's it's a literal triangle um and it's actually really really trippy how there's certain parts 
in the world that like you know weird things just happen right yeah, yeah. like in like like at full scale you know because like you know you hear about weird stories here and there in different places um but there's you know areas in the world where it's consistently happening like the alaska triangle have you heard about that one mm-hmm. yeah there's a bunch of people that have gotten lost in the alaska in alaska in certain parts of the alaskan wilderness um and they haven't found their bodies or anything like that you know of course they could go hiking and disappear forever but you know they've sent search parties and not even a trace of these people have ever been found they're located again there's actually really really weird um because usually, you know, you find like a piece of clothing or something, but these people have not been found and were never found either. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, yeah, did they get lost or did something else more weird right. happen? So, I, I mean, I guess in that case, I don't know that I would say that abductions don't happen anymore. I would say they're just like low key maybe not presented yeah. in a in a same type of way, you know. Right. Yeah, cuz like I guess it's not common that people who get abducted are coming back and going, "Oh my god, I saw aliens last night. Here's what happened." But then again, there are people claiming that stuff happens to them all the time everywhere you go, you know. Literally. There's a dude who um I think he's like Joe Rogan's uh partner on um alpha brain uh what's his face um aubrey Marcus. oh yeah yeah what about him he was on jake paul's podcast like a month ago with that jesse michaels guy and he was like i've been abducted i've been on alien ships yeah they're here they're real and he's like so chill and nonchalant about aubrey it. aubrey Mar- you know? marcus yeah yeah and yeah. so he's he's actually a sorry Oh, good. He's actually a very, um, he's like a high profile guy who is like very woo woo in a lot of ways, you know, and he fully, he's like very into psychedelics, which is fine. But he's also like, I don't know, to just casually, so casually just claim that, oh yeah, I've been abducted. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, like I've been on these fucking alien spaceships. Now it's like, okay. You got receipts for that, bro? fuck you doing bro yeah 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 that's that's weird i never i never even thought about or heard heard about that um i wonder what joe rogan thinks about that yeah i would be very curious i mean has this dude ever been on joe rogan's podcast? yeah he has yep i think he has yeah 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 okay um yeah i mean i don't i don't know i know it seems like Joe Rogan, when he talks to people, he seems very skeptical of a lot of big claims. He does. Yeah. Did you watch? The, you haven't seen the the interview with the religious professor? Um, no. Was it interesting? It was, yeah. I recommend you, you listen to it. She actually brings okay. up uh, that she was part of a crash recovery. So. Are you yeah, serious? Yeah. She was part of a crash recovery. And she talks about it in the in the podcast that she went out with Gary Nolan, that guy that I was telling you about, the scientist from yeah. Uh, Stanford. Yeah, she went out with a search party she, for some reason. I don't know how she got access to it, but she uh, got 
exclusive access to go to this crash site. They actually blindfolded her to the crash site. It's the one of the Roswell crash sites. Um, and apparently she, uh, they took her there to that site. It was her, Gary Nolan, and this random guy named uh, Travis or Taylor or something like that. Is this bitch really old? She's no. Because Roswell was 1947. Right, right, right. No, no, no. Th- no, this woman is like in her 40s or 50s. Um, but they took her to the crash site because apparently there's still pieces of the the UFO that are that reside there deep underneath like the rocks and shit like that. They actually uh this is what she said, they they put a whole bunch of scrap metal and shit on top and burned that shit apparently and like littered it so that it would cover up the actual uh UFO crash material because they knew that they couldn't get all of it when they were excavating it. And so apparently she went to the crash mm-hmm. site and she actually um they dug through all the all the shit and she found a piece of uh of UFO that apparently same same uh same same properties as the material that was gathered uh during Roswell which apparently like you know it's like a piece of metal that you crumple it yeah. and then when you let go of it it like goes back to its original shape without any creases or any wrinkles or anything like that. Uh, it's like a, she described it as like a piece of like frog, frog skin, um, like, like a metallic frog skin. And, um, and yeah, apparently she, um, she was taken to the side and they, she took a look at it and, you know, uh, there's teams out there, you know, there's people within government and within universities that have uh, access to this material, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, hmm. I will have to check that out. That's not, how did how did Joe react to it? Joe was just asking questions. You know, he was just he he remains kind of neutral, um, but he hmm. does ask questions about it. He does he does he does dig a little bit deeper. And there were some things that she couldn't answer. Um, yeah. Huh. But there are some things that she did say. Uh, she also mentioned that they're donations. One thing that stuck with me, there's two pieces of information that I never heard before on that podcast. One of them was that these crash crashes, right? They call them crashes, but she described them as being donations. That she was told by someone that they are actually donations. And another piece of information was that uh, these... Uh, there's not only crash retrievals here on the surface of planet earth, but there's some in space as well that have been recovered. Like retrieved from like the moon and stuff. No, she didn't specify, but I'm assuming it's like, like in our kind of like vicinity, like outside of our atmosphere, very close to us in our orbit. So like just things floating in in orbit. orbit. And they're just like empty ships is what she said. Empty ships that are donations. So how do they get things out of orbit? That's, that's the question. That's the question. And who knows? I mean, who knows what kind of technology we have, uh, like low key to extract that, you know? I mean, if we could land rockets, you know, put up a a couple parachutes on that, (laughs) just call it a day. But, but something going in orbit is not just floating. It's going thousands and thousands of miles yeah. an hour. 
And that's why it's so dangerous to be in space because a little pebble might shoot through you at 12,000 miles an hour before you even really realize, you know? And so like, if something is floating in orbit, it's not as simple as just plucking it out of the sky, you know? Yeah. Especially if you have no idea what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, she didn't specify if it was like in orbit or if it was like somewhere a little bit further out, probably between the moon and earth, you know, um, somewhere between that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a first, that's a first timer. That's like the first time I actually hear that, that we've recovered, you know, shit that's like out in space. That's the first time, which is pretty interesting that, and she called them donations, which is something that else that's also pretty freaking interesting. So you're telling me that this, this chick got privileged to do all of this because she's someone who has studied religions. Yeah. She, yeah. And she's had like a, a deep interest in ufology since like 2012. And then like she started. Is that why he, like she came on the podcast is so she could talk about that. She did mention that. Yeah. I believe because Joe, he's very interested in like the UFO topic. And so when, you know, when they started talking, it started unfolding and the majority of what they were talking about is like, you know, UFOs and, and interdimensional life, which she also mentioned. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. What did she say about that? So she did mention the word interdimensional, um, but she did she wasn't like conclusive with it. You know, the same the same story that we've mm. heard where it's like, you know, oh, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's really no evidence. I mean, like, how could you tell if something is from another planet or from another dimension? Right. What? Like. Yeah, what is I the mean, determining factor there? Like, if you were presented with a piece of material, how could how could you tell if that material was from another dimension or from another planet? You're right. You would have to figure out where the thing came exactly. from exactly to be able to do that. And I, I mean, the only way to know that is if you talk to one of the beings or maybe pick up a star map mm-hmm. or something. Um, but yeah. I, like you're you're exactly right that is a good question yeah. i think the only re- like i i asked someone to explain the concept of an interdimensional craft to me and i think the way that it was kind of described to me was these things will defy the laws of physics in a way to where the only explanation is that it is from another dimension because he was like it'll fly straight into a a mountain and there'll be no crash. It'll just go into it. And like, Mm. that's it. Or they'll like phase shift in and out. Like it'll just poof, you know, go right. (laughs) And, uh, so I think just taking that as from an observation standpoint is why they just conclude it's in from another dimension. I'd be very curious to know if there's actual, other evidence other than that yeah that would suggestion yeah i feel like it would be just lazy if they just come to that conclusion like oh it's interdimensional or oh it's it's extraterrestrial i'd be more inclined to believe that it's from another planet that it's extraterrestrial rather than interdimensional because that makes more sense to me 
the whole concept of interdimensionality, that shit doesn't click for me, you know? And I don't know if it does for you, but I think that it's more likely that we're being visited. And I actually had a debate with my wife about this, and I actually called you about it too, that there's a higher chance for there to be other extraterrestrials out there that are visiting our planet than there are interdimensional creatures or interdimensional craft, you know? Um, you know, she thinks that, that the chances of there being other life out there that have, you know, technologically evolved, you know, thousands of years ahead of us is less likely than there being spiritual creatures that penetrate our reality and, uh, you know, make contact with us every now and then whenever they feel like it and donate craft yeah. to us. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, um, no, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I think the the fact that it could be interdimensional, it's such a, you're right. It's almost a lazy explanation and it almost feels like a catch all term because interdimensional could mean a lot of things as far as like, I think that's why some people think UFOs are demons because if they're from another dimension, they assume that dimension is hell, uh, you know? And you could you could say that ghosts are in another dimension if you believe in ghosts. Yeah. So does like it is kind of like lazy because other dimension just means a place that's an alternate reality that using the traditional laws of physics we can't access. But at the same time, I don't know if you've seen like the 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 geographical definition of a interdimensional thing. Have you seen any of this? Not really. So Grush alluded to it. He called it a trope that could be crossed. But basically, the dimensions that they're talking about are one-dimensional, one two-dimensional, three-dimensional things. Like height, width, depth is three-dimensional. Well, higher dimensions can project shadows that look like a dimension lower. Just like your shadow is not three-dimensional it's two-dimensional so that is how a higher dimensional being projects its image onto a lower dimension um and you know a shadow walking along a plane you know is two dimensions now for something to go from two dimensions to one is kind of like <laughs> there's a i'm not even smart enough to make these analogies but it's like yeah it's like a it's an outline. Mm. I don't know, you know? So it's like, it's hard to conceptualize what the being would look like. And is it just projecting an image from a four dimensional dimension onto a three dimensional thing? Right. You know? And if you've actually seen like what the, what a four dimensional object even looks like, it actually is called, uh, what is it? A hypercube? Or oh something yeah, like Rubik's that? cube. Not a Rubik's nah, cube. Not a Rubik's cube. Um, I'm just kidding. What's um, the what's the I thing that what um about. Uh, in the Marvel movies they're trying to like the cat eats it? It's like a little square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got the same name. What is it's it called? Hypercube. Hypercube. Uh, what is that thing that they're trying to get?
a tesseract 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 that is what a four-dimensional objects looks like or the fourth dimension Mm. looks like it looks like a tesseract um as compared to like an actual cube which i guess would be the three dimension you were right though it's hypercube okay yeah (laughs) Uh, hypercube yeah i mean okay look so the thing with disclosure right like if 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 all of this if disclosure comes right we would begin to ask so many questions where are they coming from right if they're aliens if they start with extraterrestrials right if if we get disclosure and it turns out to be extraterrestrials right then that would kind of segue and advance science our understanding of science to the point where we start asking questions about you know other dimensions right so I don't know. I'm more inclined to believe that they're aliens from other planets. Right. I agree. Rather than other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that was kind of the point that you yeah. had made before I went on that huge tangent about dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think that's fascinating because I don't know if I've asked you this before, but let's say they are from another dimension. Is that a scarier thought than that they're from another galaxy. Like, I think it's actually scarier if they're from another dimension, because to me, that means that if they're not from another galaxy or if they're not from another planet, then maybe it's not possible to travel that far in space. And and that is a scarier thought. Cause I want to believe that they are actually able to travel such a massive distance very like instantaneously. Cause that to me is cooler and something I can comprehend more, more than being from a different dimension. Yeah, dude. Like, keep me in this space. Like, I'm cool with this space. Let me just see other planets. You know what I mean? That yeah. whole inter- interdimensional thing. If I can't even comprehend that, like, just keep me away from that. However, it is yeah. scary. And I totally feel you. Like, every time I go, I go to the bathroom, drop a deuce. I'm like, is there something, like, watching me right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the interdimensional yeah. theory is actually a real thing. I don't want there to be other things living like <laughs> alongside me, potentially peering and like looking at me while I'm doing private things, you know? So that's just me though. But like, I feel like it's more entertaining to even just think that, you know, uh, interplanetary travel is like literally a potential in our lifetime, you know? Yeah. That's something that I get, that, that I get excited about. And that's why I'm so like involved, not involved, but like interested in this topic is that there are technologies right now on this planet right now that they are concealing from the public that have the capability of getting us to other planets, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> like that's just like a crime, dude. That's a crime. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that movie, Don't Look Up? Yeah, that was trippy. I, you know? That was a trippy movie. I will admit, though, I did not finish it because, yeah, I don't know why I didn't finish it. But it was cool. Because it was probably stupid. I mean. It was very stupid. It was very, like, it was very basic. Um, Some of the, some of the aspects of it, like, the cinematography was on point. Uh, The storyline, it was a little out there. Like, I, I was, like, a little lost. Yeah. I wish there was, like, more character development. Like I did not care if the characters died at all. It was basically 
what I got out of it was it was meant it was intentionally bad. I think it was like a satire. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I like, but it it, in a lot of ways it worked, and also in a lot of ways it kind of sucked. Yeah. Because I felt like the movie really dragged on, but it was it was it was intelligently it was it was intelligently trying to call or make draw parallels be between the the stupidity of how politics works in today's society like the whole trend of don't look up don't look up that could be easily translated to far left individuals right Maybe maybe they would say the same thing about far right individuals, right? right? But it's like they have a, a, a an ideology, and anything outside of that triggers them emotionally. It hurts their feelings, so you cannot do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And um, so I thought it was making a lot of parallels to the 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 natural humor that exists in the stupidity of how politics works. Yeah, and if it seems like like it seems like Hollywood's been doing that so much, especially Disney, which is like, ah, stay out of it, bro. Stay out of it, you know. It sucks, yeah. and now like yeah, it's affecting the uh, the science sci-fi. I think the whole reason I brought that movie up was because we were talking about going to another planet. Well, at the end of the movie, um the female the the president in in the movie is a female i'm pretty sure and she like gets on this craft that's leaving earth that they're going to do go into hypersleep and be woken up when the craft lands on another earth like planet and basically the movie ends and this is like it might even be post credits but uh the movie ends with them escaping going into hypersleep and they land on this other planet like a hundred years later or some shit. And as soon as they step out, it's like the most beautiful planet. There's like life. There's a beach. There's trees everywhere. And then they're like, as soon as they go, oh, my God, we made it. We're here. They all get eaten. And no so, way. I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. Uh, Damn, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. That was literally the endings. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Spoiler warning, <laughs> right? That's insane. And so it's just like I wouldn't want, I would not want to be the first one to have to have habitate. A yeah, planet. no, me either. Me either. Have you seen that movie Titan? The one where that guy he had to be like genetically engineered to survive uh, Titan, which is like I think it's like a Saturn's moon or something. I haven't seen that one. No. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He had to like be genetically altered where he developed gills and shit uh, to survive um, like this, this literal like uh, hab- habitability project where, you know, he uh, like, like they would send his body out to space. He's a, an astronaut. He just uh, send them out to that planet to see if he could survive. And yeah, apparently, uh, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. He adjusted. He had to leave his family behind. Uh, his wife and his and his uh, his uh, his kid 
had to see him evolve into like this really tall, like muscular creature with like gills and shit, uh, so that he can adapt to that other planet. It was really sad. Yeah. But it was good. It was a good movie. Um, but yeah, uh, something that I will admit though, and I've been looking into this lately and I know you're going to disagree with me here, but I really do think that the, the Mexican mummies are real, bro. Okay. Tell me why you think they're real. <laughs> Dude. So they've done scans of these mummies. Oh my God. I'm telling you, bro. you know, these were debunked like a week ago, right? I don't, what were, how are they debunked? How? There's been universities that have actually, there's been universities that have actually studied these, uh, these, uh, these mummies, like, and actually like, there's like actual paperwork on it, like scientific paperwork. What was debunked about it? And who debunked it? That's my question. So I'll say it's, it's been debunked twice. All right. So let me start at the beginning. This dude who tried to release these mummies to the Mexican Congress, first off, has already been a known perpetrator of of a hoax that he tried to perpetrate around aliens, like a decade. Okay, ago. but what if he got it like right not this that time. long ago? What if he got it right this time? Secondly, <laughs> he that's not the first time he tried to present them. He actually brought these to light in like 2019, and there was a video that kind of showed what happened. Uh, in 2019 when he tried to get these things examined they were made of chicken bones and they literally took an actual they in the video they took actual bones like the skull of a chicken and they if you take a skull of a chicken and you turn it upside down and you turn the base of like this hole right here at the bottom of your skull and you turn that into like eyeballs and a face it looks just like the face of that mummy. And so all the bones within the scan, like this video from 2019 showing the exact same mummies that he showed to Mexican Congress, already debunking it, showing they're all chicken bones. None of them anatomically even are in the right place. Like on the fingers of these things, like in the, you got the metacarpals and the phalanges and all these bones that make up your fingers. Like, you got the one that should be in the middle, like placed down here, and they're all mixed up throughout the fingers. So it's like not even well done. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the first time it was debunked. Then it comes to Congress in Mexico three, four years later. And oh my God, a week ago, they finally had independent people looking at these. They they let these things go up to scrutiny. Um, because everybody wanted to know because all these doctors were so biased and they were all saying the same shit, but now they had independent people and they go, okay, we did actual chemical analysis on the DNA and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's chicken bones. I called this stuff three months ago when it was happening. <laughs> Wait, so really, they really did turn out with, uh, with chicken DNA in those, uh, in those bones. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They were all chicken bones. And it was a conclusive who came out with that conclusion. I would have to look back look back at it, hmm. but I don't know if I saved it. Maybe I did save it somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm looking on my Twitter. But I I think it was like I forget. I 
I forget who the source was, but I remember when I saw it, I immediately was like, oh, okay, you know, I knew it, you know. I keep seeing it pop up, though, and I'm like, how is this still relevant? And I was watching this video that kind of shows, like, the scans and shit, and I don't know, man. I feel like it's it's very detailed for it to be, like, what's the motive behind all that shit, you know? Like, what's the motive of, of, of people coming? Okay, now... You know what? This goes back to a conversation. I saved the tweet. Okay. Um, and the tweet was from Stephen Greenstreet. Oh, I mean, not the best source, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he defaults to, like, debunk now. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like to look at um, it from both both perspectives. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, what did he have to say? He just basically said they were made of animal and human bones. Um, yeah. He didn't go into a lot of detail, but he kind of just was like new source confirmed. Mm. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Like, again, I don't even. How would we even find out the results of s such a test? And we have no say in who conducts the tests, you know? So all the evidence, all the claims. It's like, who do you even believe these days? Yeah. I think we're all just in a big simulation anyways. This is all just internet nonsense. <laughs> we're just, And we're just contributing to the white noise of the internet right now. That's all we're doing. You think so? I don't know, man. I think uh, yeah, so. Yeah, in a way, I guess. Yeah, we are. I just like to look at it from both perspectives. Like, at first, I was skeptical. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is that shit? And then I saw, like, the scans and shit, like, of the bones. And then I was like, okay... You know, the scans are actually pretty detailed. These are CAT scans. Like, they ran them through, like, this, like, you know, like, I don't know, what an imaging test. And they showed the actual anatomy of these of these creatures. And, uh, you know, I'll show you this real quick. This is on my, uh, on my handy-dandy Reddit. So, like... Says your Nazca mummies CT scans performed to the tridactyl reptile humanoid mummy named Victoria back in 2018 and 2020, respectively. Radiological examinations performed via two labs using different tom tomographic machines corroborate the specimen's authenticity. No room for manipulation. Nazca mummies CT scans performed to the tridactyl humanoid. Okay, it's the same thing. So, as you can see here, bro. They do like a, I don't know, man. It just seems a little bit too like involved for them to actually create this shit out of chicken bones. I could be wrong, but like, I don't know. Look at that. It's pretty crazy, man. I mean, this could have been a creature, man. It could have been E.T. Like way back when. It, it you know what? It could have been. But it also could be a massive hoax. Yeah. The world will never know. I'm starting to lose faith that we'll get disclosure ever. Don't. But you that. know what? I always have hope. As long as we still have dynamite <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> because I love these things. I can't resist them. Yeah, you're going to have a very fun... Uh... Fun time in the bathroom after that one. Uh -huh.
That's spicy food, man. Me and spicy food, and we're not friends. They hurt my teeth. <laughs> They're hard and crunchy, and my teeth are always sore after I eat them, too. It's like I hate it, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Uh, I'm just leaning more towards, like, believing uh, some some things that have kind of just media resilience. Um things that keep popping up over time. But, you know, I could be wrong. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I think what fascinates me about aliens in Mexico is the stones um, that I made in my video, one of my videos about the alien stones that have these flying saucers and reptilian gray-looking alien beings carved into them that... Um, have been dated back 9,000 years before present. Oh, yeah. Didn't you have a podcast with some guy? Yeah. He was the host of America Unearthed uh, show show on the... I think it was on the Travel Channel, and then it got canceled, and the three seasons where the rights were bought by History Channel, so the History Channel has posted a lot of the episodes on their YouTube Mm. And um, they all have, like, tons of views, all of his episodes. And it was a good show. And he uh, agreed to do an interview with me a few years back during 2020. And um, uh, I I literally binge-watched, like, 40 episodes uh, in, like, a day. No way. <laughs> and a, a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, all on, like, two and a half speed. And I just, like took it all in and I knew everything about this guy's show um, by the time I interviewed him. And uh, that interview, I feel like I should post it on my main channel, but I've been given the YouTube advice to not, you know what? Maybe we should post it on this channel. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, cause I've been given the YouTube advice that it's actually bad for me to post podcast style content on my main YouTube channel because what's growing it is a specific style of content, which is a different type of audience than the audience that is into podcasts and long form. Mm, gotcha. So I haven't posted it there, but it's posted on my Patreon. And but I basically took the best part of that that thing, and I was like. It was the episode that they had about these alien stones that they dug up out of the ground in Mexico. And a lot of them were debunked by him even. Um, But the ones that fascinate him are these specific stones that they have really carvings of what look to be the classic gray aliens in very good detail. It's impressive. But what's fascinating about these stones is... There's also these symbols carved into the back. My fingers are red because <laughs> of those dynamites. Uh, like there's easy, also these, yeah, these these symbols carved into like the stone, almost like a watermark in the background. And every symbol is different, but it looks like a letter in a in a in an alphabet of some sort. But Scott Walter, this guy. He basically has multiple of these stones and he wrote down every symbol in a notebook to try to decipher if this was an alphabet or not. And what he found was almost over a thousand symbols, not one of them repeated once, 
not once. And, uh, and they're like in the background, like a watermark, you know? And so some people have theorized that maybe it's like they're showing star maps. Um, like what these symbols, like the physical shape of the symbol, but that's, that's only a theory I got of like, out of like, um, a TikTok comment on my video about that. Mm. But Scott basically was like, I was like, okay, well, if it's not an alphabet because no symbol ever repeats once, um, what is it? And he was like, I think this is quote unquote, I think it's symbolic representation of telepathic communication. He said it just like that. And I was like, okay, tell me why you think that. And he was basically just like, cause I've thought about it. And that's the only conclusion I can come to because there's no other explanation. And so that's kind of what he left it as, as why he drew that conclusion. I think the conclusion in itself is very interesting. I personally have no idea how you automatically jump to that, but you know, at the end of the day, it is a very fascinating phenomenon. And they, like I said, they, they basically scraped material out of like the grooves because these th- shapes were carved onto it. So refresh my memory real and quick. They, these stones, yeah. these stones, they were like found, they were excavated. Excavated out of the ground. Out of the ground. And then what happened with the, like, what's, what's, what's the significance of these stones? They just like, they have like unique etchings on them. Like, yeah, should I, I should pull some up right here. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the stones oh wow oh here we go what the hell great examples yeah so these stones there there are thousands of them in mexico they're found throughout mexico buried in the ground um and so let me see if i can bring back up wait scott did you say thousands of them thousands of them they're everywhere um not everywhere i think they're in regions but let me try to find uh okay could you hear that no when i played it Mm. let's see um let's see if i can share my audio it's actually not even important. Hmm. Let me see if I can find the actual stone that he had. So this is the one that they got. So this one he debunked because it literally says UFO in the carving. So that was a fake one. But this one is the real one. And um, it's one of like several. And basically they scraped stuff mud or whatever out of this um groove right here and that came back to be carbon dated nine thousand years old and um the one that let's see if we can get to the other one that's really fascinating so this is the one one of them that had all the symbols carved into it Well, and what are, what do the symbols represent? Are they, are they like a language or something or like, that's what, 
that's what he said. He thought they represent telepathic communication. Mm. Telepath. What do you mean pe- telepathic communication? Like, like somebody, somebody, uh, kind of like some alien or something, kind of telepathically communicated with the person that was carving this, and they were making. I didn't. I didn't ask him to elaborate because I have no idea. Huh. Um. I actually texted this guy after this because it, it um, it dawned on me. Oh, here's another one of the videos. So this stone. So that's one of them. And there's all this. I don't know if you could notice that from that resolution. Yeah, I could see. But there's yeah. some of those symbols right here, and then he turns it around. And all those symbols are still there in the back, mm. and then you got these symbols right here in the foreground. Um, but it literally looks like some reptilian thing sacrificing a baby, you know. Yo, um Yeah, and uh but this stone, I don't know if you can see it. I mean, I used to be in dental school and I texted him about this and he never got back to me. He probably thought it was crazy, but the shape of this stone, I I wish I had the, you know what? I probably have it somewhere. Let's see. Um, I don't have many patrons cause I don't promote it. Uh, but let me look at my post. Uh, so this video, I want to see if we can find him holding up that stone for me. Mm. Okay. So this stone, fuck, come on. <laughs> uh, the shape of it, it looks like a central incisor, your front tooth. Mm-hmm. But it looks like a super massive central incisor. It does, yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Wait, so you think that that's a tooth? I think that could be a fucking tooth. No way. A ginormous fucking tooth. Dude, this guy has like a Nephilim tooth in his freaking cupboard. It's a fucking... It looks like a central incisor. That's crazy. Was that stone just found like that? Because it looks very smooth on the edges and like the corners. I don't know. I mean, usually with a tooth, you would see like the root, though. Unless it was kind of yeah, polished. You're right. Yeah, it was kind of polished at the top. Just the curvature of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like on the back and the way it's carved, carved on the side. You can't even tell right here, but this side is also carved into an alien that's in like 3D. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you told I texted him, him about yeah, you that. Yeah. He, he, he never it's got like an incisor, bro. Text me back. And it, I yeah. mean, that's <laughs> but, but that's not a bad uh, assumption, though. So I don't know why he would. Yeah, think that that would be a bad, a bad guess. You know. Yeah. With shit like this, you know, everything's on the table, and it's all it's it's really cool to like, you know, kind of theorize, and that's why we started this channel, Black Hole Theories.